Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Ashley. Ashley is a seasoned army wife, mom of three beautiful girls, and a passionate military spouse on a mission. She has a background in health and is a certified personal trainer, Mutu Pro, and MOMS community manager. MOMS stands for Military Outreach Mutu System. This program promotes pelvic floor health, pelvic floor, and core health for women in pre and postpartum stages of life. Ashley empowers women to put their health first and improve quality of life in the process. When she isn't busy with that, you can usually find her outdoors in the country, sipping hot coffee while enjoying the calm of rural life in Michigan, which is like my dream not to live in Michigan, but to live in the country again, because I've lived in a city for eight years and I am going to be moving to another city and I'm about to lose my freaking mind. I'm I'm a country girl. I grew up on 50 acres of land. So like, when I moved down here eight years ago with my husband, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, you get used to the country. And, and I mean, it's even, it's hard because we bought this house um, September of 2017. So we've been here just a little over a year. And even when I go into the city now to get groceries or whatever, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, it's just so stressful. We were in the city the other day. I told my girls, I was like, I'm so stressed out. They were like, why mama? And I was like, look at all these people. Yeah. <laughs> And the stoplights and everything else. So yeah, definitely you get used to it and then you get thrown into the city and it's just like overwhelming. I'm a super introvert. So like all these people, when I go grocery shopping, there's so many people. I'm like, please, I try to go early. So there's not as many people, but still it's a lot of people. Yeah. And Michigan was never in the plans for us either. It's funny that you said your, your goal is not to go to Michigan. I mean, we landed here with my husband's assignment in 2015 and it's a very it's the strangest assignment we've ever had I'm like what in the world is in Michigan I didn't even know there was an army base there why are we getting sent there and it was very very hard to adjust to this because you get used to your your military community and I didn't realize I had lived in this bubble for so long and gotten so used to that was life you know what I mean you get to your next duty station and you and five other girls on your street are the new girl so you don't have to feel like that awkward But in Michigan, I was the new girl and I was like, whoa, there's no, there's no other new girls. Where are my people? So it grew on me and we're staying here. So my husband retires um, this year, actually in November. And this is it. This is it for us for now. And I always say, I'm like, well, I have a gypsy soul. So if the opportunity presented itself and it was too good to pack, pass up, we would pack our bags and leave. But I'm staying, I'm staying. We're, we're doing the, growing the roots down for our girls. That's our plan. Right. I have another like seven years before my husband retires. Well, technically five, but I told him if I'm going to finish my PhD in psychology, he's going to stay in for seven. So he's going to have to extend past 20 a little bit. It's going to be okay. So (laughs) on to you and your story. You talked about that in your bio that you have a program that promotes pelvic floor health, but you yourself have a little bit of a story about pelvic floor health. Do you want to yeah. share with that, us a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. So I have the three girls, so I hope I'm not the only mom who has to stop and think about when I have my kids. No, I um, do too. Good. I have four. <laughs> so 2008, 2010, 2012. So I had three girls 
three C-sections in a little less than five years. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, looking back now, now that I like figured all this out and put all of the pieces to the puzzle together, looking back, you know, my symptoms really started after my first baby in 2008. So 10 years ago, um, I delivered her in Germany and I don't know, my body just never really went back to what I remembered it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, you know your body, you've lived in your body, you know, mm -hmm. I was 26 years old when I had my first baby, so it was like for 26 years I've lived in my body and all of a sudden it's not working like I needed to or that I, how I remembered it before baby. And I understand our bodies go through so much during pregnancy, but my body should still work, right? I shouldn't have right. these aches and these pains and all this, these, um, what now I know is pelvic floor dysfunction, but back then I had no clue. And I kept going to doctor after doctor after doctor. And then again, military life, as soon as you find somebody, you think, okay, we're, we're getting somewhere. Then, you know, you PCS, you move. So then you have to start all over, which is, which is one of the biggest reasons I started this project for the military community specific, because I, I get the struggles. Um, so it's like, I had these symptoms, had these aches, had these pains, um, kept going to the doctor and just kind of being told, well, you know, give it a little bit more time or, this might just be your new norm after baby. Well, then I had another baby um, 19 months later and I never rehabbed my body simply mm -hmm. because nobody told me to, right? It's kind of like one of those things. I don't know what I'm doing. It's like when you go to have your first baby, you can read all of the books, but like, what are you really doing until you're doing it? Um, and then I went on to have a third baby and it wasn't until my youngest was three years old. So now she's six. So three years postpartum, I was done having kids and all of a sudden, I had all, of, I found my answer and it was, um, this, this video that I saw on Facebook talking about diastasis recti and I got right on the floor and I checked myself and I was like, holy smokes, I can fit for almost four fingers in between my ab muscles. Like, you know, and I'm like, and then again, you start thinking back to all these times, you know, where I'm seeing my belly button poking out and it's called like this doming or coning and just thinking to myself like, oh, it's probably just, you know, I don't know, like. From pregnancy or even when I was pregnant this was happening and so I just I look back and I so wish that I would have had someone who would have empowered me with just resources tools education about my body and so that's what I always try to be that person I wish I would have had right because this can be I mean it's a very overwhelming and huge topic but it can be a really simple topic or I guess as long as you have right tools, you know what I mean or as long as you have resources I'm huge on resources some some women will reach out to me with their symptoms and as a fitness professional, I'm like, you don't start with me. Like you need to see a women's health physical therapist, somebody mm -hmm. who, who knows the ins and the outs. I know a lot about pelvic floor, but I don't know everything. So depending on symptoms, you know, you might need more. But I found through my journey, it was just so frustrating because I kept going to all these doctors. <clears throat> and I guess it was really the wrong doctor because mm -hmm. your OB is not going to be the one to fix these problems. Your primary care doctor is not going to be the one to fix these problems simply because that's not what they went to school to specialize in. So it's kind of like, and it's easy to want to point fingers, right? To be like, why didn't they, why didn't this, you know? But I'm like, you know, instead of pointing fingers, let's just take you right to the resource. Who cares what happened in the past? What's in the past is in the past. You got to walk away from it, but let's find you the right resource. And here it is. And the women's health PT is awesome because then they can refer you to who they think you might need to go to, right? And they're very, at least with my experience, they're very, um, you know, a holistic approach. Obviously, I always, you know, surgery would be the very last um, thing I would want to do for myself personally or for any of the women I work with. So I think that that's always a good, a good place to start. So I wish I would have had one 10 years ago, but I didn't and it's okay. This is my story, right? This is why I'm here talking to you today about it. Um, 
but I just wish, I wish we got these tools before because I think a lot of times it's, it, I don't want to say it's too late because it's never too late. Postpartum is forever, but it's like, we don't figure this stuff out until we have the symptoms mm -hmm. until we're peeing our pants or having painful sex or suffering with that, you know, that chronic lower back pain that supposedly is just like normal for all moms. It's like, no, that's not normal. You should not be in pain every single day just right. because you had a kid. Like that's not cool. Like, cause how can you even function? And that's the, the biggest thing for me. Once my body started working again, I didn't realize how, how much pain I was in and how much it was affecting my life until I got better. And I was like, wow. I mean, it really takes a toll on you and you don't feel good inside. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. I had three C, three C sections myself. I mean, I have four kids, but the last were twins. So oh. <laughs> we got two in one shot. Look at that. There you go. Two, uh, two one. Right. Um, I was fortunate enough that with my C-sections that I have, besides some immense scar tissue, uh, yeah. I have, because my oldest is 15. So back then, C-sections were not quite what they are today. <laughs> but I was fortunate enough not to have some of the problems that you're referring to. So maybe some of the women listening are like, I don't know, what, what do you mean by these problems? Because I don't, I don't feel like, you know, people have a baby and you're right. like, I don't know if this is normal. Or after having a baby, because you know, your body changes, it, it just does. But whether that changes like just because you had a baby or is this change because there's something wrong, could you um, tell us a little bit about the problem you are personally experiencing? And then maybe you could, um, when you're done sharing your part, tell us a few more that maybe you haven't experienced, but other people you've worked with have. Okay. So for me, my, I think my main symptoms were was I had the diastasis tricti, which is just a really fancy word for the separation of the ab muscles. So your six pack muscles, there was always two of them. They separate from the midline. You have this connective tissue works really great. Our bodies are amazing. I always tell my moms, like if that didn't happen, baby wouldn't grow. So think of that as a really amazing thing instead of a scary mm -hmm. thing. Cause I think, you know, words are very important. And I think a lot of times, you know, you start Googling stuff and then you're, you know, next thing you know, you're like, you know, going to die in two months. So um, don't let that be a scary thing. Let it, just think about it as your body being amazing. So I had the diastasis. And then for me, just the constant bloat, which it doesn't seem like a, like a terrible symptom. But it's like, but why? It's like, you know, you're, you're eating healthy and you're exercising. But then people are asking me if I'm pregnant. I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. I'm just, you know, I'm bloated. Because again, didn't know my ab muscles weren't working like, the, like they should. Um, constipation, hemorrhoids, again, those, that's a symptom we don't want to talk about or embarrassed to talk about. It's like everybody poops, right? Um, right. It's just a thing. Humans, all humans do it. So constipation, huge, huge symptom um, that can relate to pelvic floor dysfunction, just so much pressure. And again, I, I have a lot of moms come to me that will say they've been diagnosed with chronic hemorrhoids. And I'm like, that shouldn't even be a thing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they've had surgery and I can't remember what the surgery is called. But I'm like, you know, that sounds painful. And again, that's what I want to try to avoid. Like if we can mm -hmm. avoid that, let's avoid that. Um, and then the lower back pain. I mean, my back would hurt so bad. I would cry some days. And again, it's because my core wasn't working. Our bodies are smart. Our bodies are going to continue to go through every motion that we need it to go through. It's just going to have other muscles doing the work that the core should be doing, which is where the lower back pain comes in. Your lower back hurts, your shoulders hurt, your neck hurts. Again, you think of moms, like we can't stop doing what we do. Like I always, the right. example I always use, like go to the grocery store, like you're getting the groceries off the shelf. You're twisting, you're turning, you're putting the groceries in, you're taking them back out. You know, maybe you have a a baby on your hip or a carrier, whatever, like we're going to continue to go through those motions. And then, but when you're in pain all the time, 
it's like you can't just stop you can't just not go to the grocery store right so that was a big one for me um so those those were my symptoms and then when i started working with women i started realizing i was like wow like my symptoms are nothing compared to what some women are dealing with um i think one of the biggest issues and one of my most favorite issues to educate about or symptoms to educate on is leaking like mm -hmm. we as a society are normalizing it and many different reasons why that's happening um but I always say, like, quote me, please quote me, shout it from the rooftops. Peeing your pants is very common, but never normal. Never. It's just not. And so um, I didn't realize that that was such a big issue. You know, and, and it's so sad when you really think, and it's probably one of the fav my favorite parts about my job is that women share their stories with me and they open up. And I think, like, how, how miserable must that be to have to wear a pad every single day? Yeah, I hate to, it. Yeah, to like wear black pants. You know, I have moms that are like, oh, I can only wear black pants. And I mean, they're like business women who are working in an office with other people, men, women, everything. And they're like, they have to wear black pants to work just in case they sneeze, they're going to have an accident. It's like, that's no way to live. And that's not okay with me. Um, so le the leaking is a huge one. Another big one that we don't talk about that I didn't realize was such a huge problem is painful sex. Mm -hmm. And we're being told over and over again, like, like we're not giving any resources. Again, I've had so many moms, so many women, two visits to Women's Health PT, get in there, do some internal work, and they're fine. You know what I mean? And that should be okay, because I mean, sex should be enjoyable, right? And right. I always say, like, that's how we all got here, right? <laughs> like, you know, we, we're doing it. Um, so, so that's another main one. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the more common ones. I just say, you know, if your body, if, if it's something that wasn't there before, you know it's not normal for you, it's, it's definitely a good idea to reach out to a professional and get some help. I know um, sometimes women discover this problem with the pelvic floor when they're working out. So what would be some ways that if a woman's working out that she might notice there might be a problem here? Because we know like your muscles are going to be sore and it's not going to be comfortable if the first time you're doing a plank. But what's the difference between being uncomfortable because you haven't done a plank in forever or because there's an issue? Right. So I always say our bodies talk to us. So if you're working out and you're feeling really heavy downward pressure, so again, verbatim, women will say, I feel like something's going to fall out of my vagina. If yeah. you're feeling that, we probably want to scale back on that exercise. Um, if you're peeing your pants, if you're doing um, lifting any weights or you're running and you're peeing your pants, that's your body talking to you. You need to scale it back a little bit because that problem's not going to fix itself. And this is the really important thing. And I think, um, in the fitness industry especially, and even in, in healthcare in general, this, it gets skipped. The pelvic floor is a muscle just like any other muscle in the body. It goes through a lot during pregnancy, even the most perfect pregnancy. You go through your nine months, you didn't have any complications, you have this wonderful you know, vaginal birth. That pelvic floor got, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even just by carrying a baby for nine months, that's a lot of extra pressure on that muscle. So it's really important to rehab that muscle. And so I think it gets skipped a lot because people think, um, and again, we're programmed by society. We think, oh, we got to go to this boot camp class. We got to do planks. We got to do, you know, before I knew everything I knew, my workout routine every single time after I had a baby was, and again, I had C-section six weeks later, I was running and doing a hundred crunches every time before I got in the shower. Like, oh my why? gosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I gained 60 pounds with all three of my girls. So it was like, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, I, I got to get my baby weight off because, it's, you know, why is that so important? I hate that. I always, I really try to tell my moms, like, 
we don't need to focus on weight loss. We don't need to focus on the way you look. We need to focus on the way you feel. You need a body that works right, period. Like that's our first goal, function first. So I would, I never start my moms with planks or any of that stuff. And I'm not saying you can never do those things again, but that's a pretty high intense exercise for me to feel comfortable with a mom six weeks postpartum doing. I agree. So, so yeah, so just teaching her how to breathe right, engage the pelvic floor, engage the core muscles, and be able to do the exercise safely. So say, say you do a plank and you feel like, oh my gosh, I feel all this pressure. Okay, scale it back, scale it back. We can get really creative and come up with a modification for a plank, right? And then you just work yourself up. But your body does talk to you. We just have to listen. And as women, we're not always so good about listening to our, to our own bodies, right? We just kind of push through and do it, and that's where we have to stop and really yeah. pay attention. I agree. I've listened. I, I asked that question because I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a few health podcasts. I'm very choosy about that because I don't like people who focus on uh, diet culture and, you know, uh, unhealthy body images, you know, so I, the, the health podcast I listen to, I'm very choosy. And a couple of times they've come up on it, you know, where they're talking about pelvic health and they say, you know, when you do certain exercises, it, I wanted to know like what, what the identifiers would be because they talk about, you know, like if you're doing planks or if you're doing crunches or there's certain exercises, if you're doing them, you can tell that there is a problem because when you're doing them, you're going to feel the kind of things that you were talking about, you know, and those are warning signs that you should not be doing these until you are healed because it can be really, especially if you have the diastasis recti and you're doing like crunches and stuff, it can actually make it worse. Right. You can just be working against your body and there's no reason to do that, especially, I mean, no, nobody should be wasting their time ever, but like, I always think like a new mom and you're going to take the time to exercise. Like I want you doing the right thing. And even though it might seem like this is not very, I'm not doing enough. Again, mm -hmm. we're programmed more is better, but I always say with the postpartum body, less is always going to be better. It's just, you have to shift the mindset. I think that's one of the hardest things to do, even for myself personally, because we're programmed. We've been programmed our mm -hmm. entire lives by, by society that, that we need to do things a certain way. And that, you know, crunches are just the best ab workout. And it's just like, we just, we have to change that because it, it could, you know, it's not always the best exercise for everybody. So, um, so yeah, I think that that's just, just listening to your body. And the other thing I was going to say is that when I'm working with a mom, I mean, I could see with the naked eye, if I had her get on the floor and do a crunch and I could show her, you know, look for that doming I talked about. So sometimes it looks like a cone shaped or sometimes it looks like a bread loaf. So if you see that doming and that coning, I mean, that's pressure coming out. Mm -hmm. And again, because this is a system, because your core is made up of a system, if pressure is coming out from the, from your belly, right? Pressure is also going down. So not only are you working against those rectus abdominis muscles, those six pack muscles, but you're also getting downward pressure on your pelvic floor, which is, is never a good thing. We don't want pressure going that way. So that's something that I teach my moms to look for, to see with the naked eye. And then I just really encourage them, just listen to your body. How are you feeling? Does it feel like something's going to fall out? Is your back hurting when you're in that position or when you're doing that exercise? Then we need to build the foundation first, learn how to control core, learn how to breathe right. You know, again, all these simple tools, I say simple, but they can be very difficult to learn because nobody's ever, nobody has ever taught you how to do that. Right. I feel like uh, women's health is lacking period. Like I went into my, my doctor a couple years ago and I said, you know, I have a very painful first day of my period, like it's super painful. I don't know why. 
And she's sitting here trying to, you know, she did all of her tests and she was like, we're just going to put you on birth control because like that seems to help. And I was like, no, I, I had to, you know, I had my tubes tied. Uh, so I wouldn't have to be on birth control. And I was like, you can't explain to me what is wrong with me and how this will help. Well, doing my own research and, and stuff, I realized it has a lot to do with the scar tissue that's down there. So when it's that first day and because of everything that's going on, um, women who have had multiple C-sections sometimes can have these issues because of the scar tissue. And so I told her, I'm like, I'm not going birth control. So I did a few things that I had learned online. And guess what? It's not, I can function now on the first day. You know, and it, it was like, I feel like sometimes in medicine, and I'm not bashing primary care physicians, they definitely have their place, but I feel like a lot of times things get overlooked and they just want to do like a surgery or a medication versus like, what is the root cause of this? And, you know, and how does this need to be repaired so the person can function? Because a lot of the things that we get surgeries and medication for, if we just did some simple, like you said, simple changes then right. things would be so much better. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem. What you just said is we're never, we don't get to the root of the symptom, like mm -hmm. what's causing this. And that's why I, for me personally, I like, it's frustrating sometimes, but like you were saying earlier, it's like, you know, the medicine, I mean, you go to a doctor, they're going to prescribe medicine. They're going to prescribe mm -hmm. surgery because that's what, that's what they learned in school. They're not doing it to do us a disservice mm -hmm. in their, in their mind. Right. They're doing it because that's what they know best. And, um, that's, you know, I really, really try hard for my moms to take every path possible before surgery, unless that's your goal. I mean, if you want to have surgery, I'm going to support you, but I'm also going to talk to you and have you, you know, research the pros and the cons, because there's always a pros and a con to everything. In life, Absolutely. Right? And so, and then I also remind my moms too, I say, listen, if you go to a surgeon, they're going to recommend surgery. They're not, they're not going to give you mm -hmm. some homeopathic, like, you know what I mean? They're surgeon. That's what they're going to recommend. That's what they do. So that's the other important thing to remember is that, um, you know, just do your research, do your research, ask questions. And I, you know, I often feel like even with my three C-sections, um, I feel like, you know, maybe those could have been avoided had I had been I feel the same. with more resources. And now that I'm having issues later in life, I'm very frustrated about it where it never bothered me before. But now that I'm having issues and you were talking about the scar tissue, it's like, you know, I look back and having three girls, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, make sure they have all the resources. And, you know, there is a time and a place for C-section. Absolutely. But I just don't think, um, I don't think all three of mine were probably necessary. And that's the other thing, like you were talking with your scar tissue. I wish somebody would have told me to go do some myofascial release. You can mm -hmm. YouTube it. You know what I mean? You can go to a massage therapist. A women's health PT will do that because that was one of my biggest issues when I did start seeing a women's health PT when we got to here in Michigan in 2015, where she just said my scar tissue was just so out of control and it had basically attached to my bladder and pulled my bladder down a little bit. Wow. So, you know what I mean? So yeah. again, I mean, that's not a good thing. And then, cause at that point I was having other issues where I was leaking just a very tiny bit. Mm -hmm. And then I found that my pelvic floor was actually too tight. So that's the other important thing that we could probably talk about is pelvic floor weakness, pelvic floor tightness, two different things. You can have very similar symptoms, but it's just kind of, again, women's LPT, they're going to be able to be the one to do that internal exam and figure out if you're too tight or too weak. And too tight, again, can, you know, for me, it was because I was carrying so much stress, very stressful time in my life. And I leaked and I was like, oh gosh, that's not normal. And, and had I not known what I know, I would have probably just continued to go on and on and on. 
but I fixed it. You know, we got to the base of the, the problem, we fixed it, we were good to go. So I was glad that I knew what I knew, knew then because that probably would have really scared me just to start leaking all of a sudden. And that often happens too to women is where they have no issues and then five years postpartum all of a sudden they start having symptoms. And I always say, we'll go back to five years ago, you never rehabbed core pelvic floor because no one ever told you to, right? Because mm-hmm. if no one tells us to do these things, how would we ever know? Yeah. So, Can women who have not had children have these issues as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, I know you know Wendy Iacobello. Yes. So I love her. So she, um, I did a couple of workshops at Fort Bragg last year and we connected. And so she, she came to my workshop. She does MUTU. And I love that because even though MUTU really markets moms because all, you know, 100% of women get some form of diastasis in the third trimester. So obviously this is really important for us. Mm-hmm. The rehab but yeah I always say you know everyone has a pelvic floor even men have pelvic floors I don't work with men um but yeah I mean anybody can benefit from this and I teach when I teach my workshops I always talk about the three g's so I always say as women we have three g's working against us um giving birth obviously for those of us who have had kids gravity um I always say look at our boobs like look at the direction they're going <laughs> pelvic floor is going the same direction we just don't see it like we do our boobs and then graying as in getting older so lack of hormones after menopause, maybe sometimes during menopause, women all of a sudden they've gone their whole life, no issues. And then, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. so this should be, yeah, this can be something, even young girls, you know, I talked to my, my girls about it. My oldest is 10 and she's starting to ask a lot of questions. And I mean, we talk about it because I think, you know, this is part of her body. You know, could you imagine if we didn't teach our children like the features on their face? Like, that's how I look at it. I'm like, <laughs> let's teach them about the features of their you know, their vulvas instead of just referring everything to vagina, you know? And I think that that's another big problem because as women, we don't, I mean, I look back and talk to all my friends and so many women, it's like generations and I think it's getting better, but like my mom didn't talk to me about these things. And I know her mom didn't talk to her about these things. And I know my grandma wasn't talking about it because you didn't talk about that stuff back then. Right. You know, so I think that's another factor that's working against us is that this is such an awesome part of our body and makes us so special as women, but yet it's so taboo and we don't talk about it, which doesn't make any sense, right? Which is exactly why we're talking about it on the podcast, (laughs) because I'm not afraid of taboo topics. (laughs) (laughs) Me either, clearly. I'm, I'm always like, never TMI in my world. Ask me anything because I promise it won't be the first time I've been asked and you're not the only woman dealing with what you're dealing with. I promise, promise, promise. Like so many, I've heard it all and I don't, and nothing bothers me because I'm thinking, I actually find that quite sad that somebody Mm -hmm. would live with that symptom for that long because they were so ashamed to talk about it. You know, and again, so many factors because our parents or whoever that role model was in our life was like, you know, closed off about this. We don't talk about that. You know, we just, we don't talk about it, but then we have babies and you know, we get into adulthood and sexual health and everything else. And we just have no idea where to start, who to even talk to about it. So that's why, again, I'm huge on talking about it and giving resources. You know, I claim, I don't know everything, but I promise I know somebody who knows it (laughs) and I'll get you that person, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And I actually, um, one of my goals is to eventually get somebody who is, you know, can talk about periods and what's normal about periods. Cause we don't ever talk, you don't talk to your friend about your period. Right. You might be like, I'm cramping. I'm on my period, but you're not going to really talk about it. Like what's normal, what's not normal. You know, even my little, so mine are, my kids are seven, the twins are seven. Then I have a nine-year-old and I have a 15-year-old. 
And or obviously the 15 year old, I've already had that talk. And I'm very right. open with her about having the conversation about, you know, normal sex life and how that's supposed to go and consent and stuff. And but with the littles, like, I'm not afraid to say, you know, talk about my period and answer their questions. And even my son, like I have one boy and, you know, I'll even talk to him because I mean, if he's a heterosexual male, he may not be, who knows? I don't know. He's seven, but if he's a heterosexual male, he may get married someday or even have a female child. So he needs to know like, Hey, these are the kind of things. I mean, it's normal. It's a normal function of our body. And we're so scared to talk about these internal things that go on with women. It's supposed to be like, hush, hush. We don't talk about our periods. We hide our tampons in our grocery cart. And I'm like, no, like it happens. Like it's a, it's a function of life. And the same goes for what you're talking about is we don't talk about it because we're so scared to talk about those things, but we really need to know so that we can get the help if we need it. Right. Like, you know, what if I, you know, now I said like, I don't have any issues for my C-section, my C-sections, my kids are youngest are seven. But what if like, you know, when I hit menopause, then I suddenly I do have all these issues and I don't, we don't have these conversations. I wouldn't know that it's not normal for me to pee my pants, you know? And I think, you know, with all the depends and like all these things where they're saying like, oh, just put this pad, you know, when, if you pee yourself a little bit, people think it's normal, but it's not, we're supposed to, there's something wrong. Right. Absolutely. I know it's, it's out of control and that's why we just have to keep talking about it. And that's the power of sharing stories. And that's why I always appreciate a mom who's brave enough to share her story with pelvic floor dysfunction, because it's not, I know it's not easy to talk about those topics for many, many reasons, but you share your story that allows other women to be like, you know what? Oh my gosh. You know, she's, she's dealing with exactly what I'm dealing with. And I'm not alone because I think, you know, it's very isolating to have those symptoms and not feel like you have anyone to talk about or to it about or feel like you have anyone to go to that can give you a a valuable resource. So So what are some of those resources that you could share with the audience that, you know, what are some steps they need to take? Maybe they're dealing with one of the many things or multiple things that you've mentioned in this episode. Where do they get started? So first and foremost, and since I'm talking to, um, you know, military community, I'm assuming a lot right out there. Um, 50, 50, 50% military, 50% civilian. Okay. So as soft, I kind of talk from both sides. So military, you can go to your primary care and you need a referral to see a women's health PT. There are a couple bases that have them on base. There's not many, but I know like Fort Bragg, Womack hospital has a couple there. Um, and I'm not sure about the other, um, the other locations, but yeah, it's, a, you have to have a script to get one in the mm-hmm. civilian world. Same, same deal. You have to have a script from your doctor, from your OB, whoever to see women's health PT. Um, most of my clients that I've worked with, obviously military covers hundred percent, but most of my civilian clients that I work with insurance usually covers it. So it's something that, I mean, and that's what I, I, I highly encourage everybody at that six week appointment after baby get a script then and there, because what's it going to hurt? You know, especially if insurance is covering, what's it going to hurt to go talk to someone who specializes in that area, you know, and just to say, is everything okay? And then again, we need to rehab those muscles after baby, even in the most perfect situation, Mm -hmm. Um, C-section, vaginal, whatever, however you had your baby, you need to rehab before and probably before after. Um, You know, books, there's so many good books out there. And I don't know if if you want me to send you some of the names for some of the ones that I have. 
so I can send you books and I'm all about like easy books. Like let's simplify this. Like we're, we're not trying to get our PhD right now in, in this area of women's yeah. health, right? We're just talking to moms and, and regular women. And so I have a really great book that actually my kids just started re reading my eight year old, and my 10 year old. And then I also have one more that I'll send you. That's just really great. It's just very straightforward. Um, and, and again, for like moms out there, women out there that want to learn, like that's the best way to learn is to get a kid's book. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty thick, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah. a, like a baby, baby book, but it's like, you know, cause they're really going to simplify things. And really that's all you need to know. You just need to know the basics of your body and to make sure it's working right. Um, so yeah, so women's health PT, highly recommend for everybody, even if you don't feel like you're having these huge symptoms. Again, the symptoms we talked about, if you're feeling like heaviness, something's going to fall out of your vagina, any kind of pelvic organ prolapse, if you've had a C-section, highly recommend you go see somebody either teach you how to do myofascial release and then mm -hmm. you can do it at home on yourself. That's so, so important. Um, any, you know, lower back pain, hip pain, painful sex, any of those symptoms go see. And then of course the MUTU is an online program and I can send you that link too as well. Keep you already did. Talk. And I'll link it up okay. with your list in the show notes. So on anybody who doesn't know right. how to access the show notes, it's inspiredwomenpodcast.com and it'll be listed under the episode or while they're listening to it, they can swipe up on their podcast app and it should be listed. And we'll list okay. the books that you send me as well as the program. You even gave me a discount code for everybody. Okay. Awesome. Yep. So if they want to sign up for the program, they can. Yep, absolutely. Super simple. You do it from home, you do it at home, you know, you have online community support. I'm always here. I'm always available. People reach out and ask me questions. I'm always happy because, you know, sometimes it's hard to Sometimes people don't want to be so public about their questions, and I totally get that. So if anybody wants to reach out to me personally, um, I'm more than happy to answer questions and to get you to the right resource for whatever you're, you're dealing with. So as we wrap up the podcast, Ashley, what is something that you would like to leave? Maybe something we didn't cover or even more information uh, for the podcast audience, because some women listening might be like, this is me. I didn't even know this was an issue. I thought peeing my pants when I jump on the trampoline is normal. Like, don't all women pee out their pants a little bit when they jump on the trampoline? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always joke. I'm like, I'm going to go to the trampoline parks and hang flyers because that's like a really, like, people are like, whoa, I'm jumping on the trampoline and that didn't work out so well. Um, okay, so I guess I'll just leave with today with like, we need to speak up about these issues. We need to start talking about it, even if it's with your friends. So that's, you know, again, the power of sharing your story. Now you've heard this, maybe this is the first time you're hearing any of this information. Maybe you're having this huge aha moment. Share with your friends, talk. That's what I need you to do. I need you to talk to your friends about these issues so that they're not isolating themselves with symptoms because it's really affecting women's lives. And then the other big thing I encourage is if you, if you have kids, even boys, again, I always go to girls, 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 because I have three girls, so I have right. how to raise a boy, but like teach, teach the young kids. This is important. It teach them and make this topic not be so taboo because it shouldn't be. This is, this is part of women's health. This is part of well-being and feeling good. And if you start talking to them about it when they're young, it's just going to be like anything else in life where this is just a normal topic. So I encourage that as well. 
I agree. Having those conversations with our kids young about everything, like about everything. Cause nowadays, I mean, with social media and, you know, TV and everything, you want them to learn it from you and not their their friend down the street. I always say to my kids, like they, you know, if you have any questions or I tell my, I told my teenage daughter before she's gotten, you know, to 15, if you have any questions about anything sexual, come to me. Your friends are going to tell you what they've learned from probably their friend or somebody else. Like I will answer your questions. Honestly, I was like, I'd prefer you have the correct information versus getting it from this person. And you really don't know, you know, even talking about, um, consent with our bodies, like at a young age, like these are the things our kids need to know health wise all over so that they know, like, this is what you can look for, you know? so we were talking about pelvic floor health. We didn't talk about like, if your kid's like, I peed my pants a little bit in class, you're like, that's not normal. Like, you know, right. past three or four. <laughs> right, right. And that's one of the things, the books that I was, um, I think it's like pelvic health, blow your belt. I'll send it to you, the kid book. That was one of the things they mentioned. They're like, the only times we talk, the only time we talk to our children about, you know, potty going to the bathroom, whatever, is when we're potty training them, which usually ends around three or four. And then we never talk about, mm-hmm. about like bowel health, bladder health, what's normal, what's not normal ever, ever again. So I, that was like a big, huge eye opener to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so true. We're so, we have to potty train our kid. We have to potty train our kid. Let's keep the conversation going. Cause even, you know, you were, you, I was saying, you know, everyone has a pelvic floor. Some young girls deal with pelvic floor issues, mm-hmm. um, especially like athletes and stuff. You know, I mean, this, this can be a problem anytime during life. And again, to have that resource, I don't work with children, but I do have had some friends and stuff who their daughters have had issues. And I'm like, Oh, absolutely. Take them to women's health PT because that's not normal. You know? Right. Yeah. I love how you said earlier, everybody poops. I was in that elevator with the kid last time I was at the hospital and he, he farted in the elevator and he turns like super red and he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, everybody does it. Everybody does it because no, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about it. We all do it. And my kid, my kid thinks, my kids think I'm weird because my daughter's like, you know, mom, I poop like twice a day. I'm like, that's really good. Like you're supposed right. to. I'm like, and then we're talking about what it looks like and stuff. And she was, my other daughter's like, that's so gross. I'm like, but I mean, as long she's pooping twice a day and it looks normal and is the right then she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing that's great and I thought it was funny my one daughter thought it was so gross I'm like we all do it like and I I think us not talking about it means like we don't understand what it's supposed to function like right we're supposed to poop on a regular basis like if you're going like four days without pooping We need to talk about it. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's the other thing, you know, with, with kids and talking to them about these things, you know, and and I'm very open with my girls because of my work and because I, you know, it's kind of like I have my timeline of how I would like to teach Mm -hmm. them things. But then if my 10 year old comes home from school and asks me a question, then we dive in because like you said, I want you to have the right information. I wasn't ready to talk to you about that, but I'm always telling thank you for coming to me and talking to me about this I'm so glad you feel so open with me I, you know you want that open mm-hmm. communication but then to also I also remind my girls that not everybody's parents talk to them about these things right. it is a private it is a private issue and private topic so it's not your job to talk to other kids about it and I yeah. really drill that into my girls because I might not agree with it that moms don't talk to their daughters about their periods but it's not my place it's not my child's place to talk to them about that Right. So yeah. I think that's important. So parents can do that too, because my, my daughter can stop coming home asking me questions I'm not ready for. <laughs> no, no, I'm right there with you. I think my, my oldest daughter was in like 
fourth or fifth grade and a guy like a kid sitting next to her drew this really like raunchy picture and she came home and like asked me about it and we had a conversation and I was like that's really inappropriate for a fourth or fifth grader to be drawing this but you know we don't know what's going on in other people's households it's up to us as parents for any parents listening to make a warm and comforting comforting environment for our children come forward because I know as a teenager I felt if I came forward to my parents about things that I would be judged because my parents would say, you can come talk to me about blah, blah, blah. But then the next breath they would be like, but this is so wrong. And this is awful. (laughs) I don't want to do that to your kids. Cause then what if they don't want to come forward to you, you know, and nobody wants to be a teen mom. Trust me. It's not fun. I was there. (laughs) It was not a lot of fun. So all these kind of conversations, you know, we are talking about pelvic floor health here, but all these conversations, having them with our kids. Absolutely. So they feel comfortable. But Ashley, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation about peeing our pants and all of the things. Thanks for having me. It was nice to meet you and chat with you. It was so nice meeting you too. I'm like, online friend. Hello. <laughs> thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.